Baseball and softball season has come to a somewhat disappointing end for Oklahoma State. I'm Matt Jordan. Welcome in to the Pokes Podcast, part of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. And we'll start with the Cowgirls, who made it into the College World Series and looked good in the regional, the Super Regional but did not look so good to start the College World Series. They went 1-2 in their three games. They got shut out an 8-0 loss to Florida State in their first game. Bounced back, won 8-0. Things were looking good, but then would fall to Tennessee 3-1. Just could not get the offense going in two of those three games, and their season unfortunately comes to an end. Florida State and OU now will face off in the College World Series championship, but Oklahoma State finds himself back at home, falling really just short of making a College World Series championship appearance two years in a row now. And uh, a lot of turnover is happening for the Cowgirls on the offensive side of the ball, but pitching still looks good for the next season. So looking at, uh, at the team who is gone, who is possibly returning. Um, offensively, a lot of players' college career has come to an end. Rachel Becker, the transfer in, who was the best offensive player for Oklahoma State this last season, her her college career is over. Cheyenne Factor, Kylie Naomi, Taylor Tuck, and Morgan win all done out of eligibility after playing very significant roles for this Oklahoma State team that uh, at times was one of the best offenses in the country. And really, when they were clicking on all cylinders, it was Kylie Naomi and Rachel Becker that was holding the down, uh, holding the team down with Factor, Win, and Tuck making uh, nice uh, attributions as well. Tuck, who spent most of the season behind the plate for Oklahoma State, is going to be missed as part of uh, what has been really good battery with the three great pitchers for Oklahoma State and Tuck as their catcher. So uh, looking at uh, how these these players' seasons went that are, are no longer going to be on the team, Becker, 443 average. She led the team. She had 81 hits on the season. Uh, she batted in 28 RBIs. She had three home runs, accounted for 63 runs. Kylie Naomi had 13 home runs. That led the team in home runs. She led the team in RBIs at 65. She also scored 58 runs. Cheyenne Factor batted 366 on the season. Factor scored 41 runs. She had four home runs, drove in 33 RBIs. Morgan Wynn had a 306 average. She scored 25 runs, drove in 45. She was second on the team in home runs with 11. And then uh, Taylor Tuck, 271 average. Tuck had 14 RBIs, no home runs on the season, and uh, scored nine runs. So Tuck was more of that presence behind the plate. So going to be missed there. And uh, but returning players, uh, a player like Talon Edwards as a freshman was uh, fourth on the team uh, in average, 328. She had three home runs, 26 RBI. She scored uh, 40 runs. Uh, Caitlin Carwile coming back, Michaela Wart coming back. Um, we'll see if Megan Bloodworth comes back. And then off the bench, players like Katie Lott who hit 370 on the year. Um, Claire Tim, 276. So there's some uh, Hayden uh, Sokolowski, who was a great pinch runner uh, this season. So there's some, some potential coming back. And then the best news of all was the pitching staff. 
uh, where Lexi Kilfoyle announced she's coming back. Uh, Kelly Maxwell is eligible to come back another season, and Kyra Aycock only a freshman. Uh, Kilfoyle actually finishes with the best statistics uh, as far as ERA goes for the team. Kilfoyle had a 1.70 ERA. She was 16 and five. She pitched 139 and two thirds innings. She struck out 130 batters and uh, had an opponent's batting average of 188. Kelly Maxwell, a 191 ERA, 229 strikeouts and 142 innings pitched. Those numbers are incredible. Opponent batting average of 157. And Acock, the freshman, a 251 ERA in 95 innings pitched. And uh, she struck out 65 batters on the season. Acock more of a ground ball kind of pitcher than she is a strikeout pitcher. And then Ivy Rosenberry, who really improved as the season went on, not a lot of use, only 37 innings pitched. Uh, but as a fourth arm for the Cowgirls as a junior going into her senior year, uh, another player that can contribute next year. Uh, 265 ERA for her, again, 37 innings pitch. She struck out 20 batters uh, on the season, and opponents only batted 263 against her. So uh, the pitching staff, even if Maxwell doesn't return, because she could transfer, she has that ability, even if Maxwell doesn't return, the pitching staff, which will be anchored by Kilfoyle next year, does look to uh, make an impact uh, and be just as good, uh, hopefully, if not better, than they were this year. And if Coach Gajewski, who has done a really good job using the transfer portal to kind of restock the offense, if he can do that, add a couple of pieces, uh, they have a chance to make a run uh, once again. Uh, but a disappointing end after what looked like a great start to the season. They started 39-3. and They were the number two team in the country, and they would finish going 8-13 and down the stretch. So a really unfortunate end. It looked like they rebounded after a great showing in the region. 9-0 win, 6-0 win, and a 5-2 win, and then a 8-1 win and 9-0 win in the Super Regional against Oregon, but then shut out 8-0 in the first game of the College World Series to a very good Florida State team who's playing against OU for the championship, and then rebounding, beating Utah 8-0, but then just could not get it done, and uh, that Tennessee game, very... Um, similar to how they lost a lot of their games down the stretch when they lost 11 of their last close. Uh, didn't give up a lot of runs, only gave up three, but the offense couldn't get it going. And then errors. There were three errors committed by Oklahoma State in that game. So very similar ending to that game as we saw many of the games go down the stretch. And an unfortunate end for the Oklahoma State Cowgirls. So, uh, future is bright still as long as Gajewski is there. I mean, the man's not on the hot seat at, at all. Um, the future is very, very bright. So, looking forward to what the offseason can bring and what the team will look like next year. And I think they're uh, and one of the best teams, again, in all of uh, college softball. So, baseball had a much more disappointing end to their season as they could not even win a game in the Stillwater Regional. Uh, they faced off as the one seed in their own regional against ORU, a team in which has had their number all season long and that continued losing 6-4 to four on... Friday in that game against ORU. And when you look at how they've played ORU uh, in their other two matchups, a 9-7, two-run loss, and then a 8-5, three-run loss. So close games where they just could not beat 
ORU, and ORU actually advanced out of that uh, Stillwater Regional and moved on to the Super Regional. And then this one's the really the really bad one. 18-4 loss against Dallas Baptist in their season, and surprisingly only scoring a combined eight runs, four runs in the game against ORU and four runs against Dallas Baptist. And it's surprising in the ORU game that they were only able to score four runs despite holding ORU to six. I felt like if you can hold a team like that to six runs or fewer, you had a chance to win with how well this offense had done, but they just did not have it against ORU, and they did not have it against DBU. Three scoreless innings for Oklahoma State, pitching-wise, before Dallas Baptist erupted with four in the fourth, six in the fifth, four in the sixth, and four in the seventh. Uh, Oklahoma State actually started the scoring in the second with a Schubert home run that took a 1-0 lead, and then it was all Dallas Baptist after that. Uh, Pitching-wise, for the Cowboys, Jerome Watts-Brown went four in a third innings, eight, uh, gave up eight runs, seven of those earned, struck out seven. Uh, Watts-Brown that had been a big issue for him. Uh, could give you good three or four innings, sometimes five innings, and then just could get beat up. He's a big strikeout pitcher. He is around the strike zone often, so he gets hit, beat up a bunch, and it just happened to be that was the case. Ben Abram comes in, can't even get out of an inning, goes oh oh no, not even a third of an inning, uh, gives up two runs, then three runs by Gabe Davis, and then four runs by Evan O'Toole. So pitching, which I knew was a struggle, I knew that was a hard point for the Cowboys, uh, gives up 18 runs in their final game of the season, and uh, Jerome Watts-Brown fall to 6-5 and five on the year. So we, when we look at the stats of uh, Oklahoma State team that was very dynamic offensively and just could not always put it together on the pitching side of things. Carson Binge finishes leading the team in average with a 3-4-5. Rock Riggio finishes leading the team in home runs with 18. Uh, Nolan Schubert had 17 of his own, and then David Minham had 14. Um, all but one batter was over 300 uh, out of the starters for the Cowboys. Uh, offensively, again, they were a great team, uh, leading the team in RBIs. Schubert was 74, Minham had 64, and Riggio had 61. Uh, no one out of the starters had less than 30 RBIs. Their big run scorers on the year, Riggio uh, scored 66 runs, uh, 59 for Carson Binge, and uh, 55 for Nolan Schubert. So <clears throat> this team could hit, this team could score. We knew that the pitching was going to be an issue, and, and that is what ultimately led to their downfall. Although although offensively in the game against ORU, they really didn't do what a lot of people thought they could have done. When you look at the ERA for the team uh, on the pitching side of thing, Isaac Stebbins was the team's uh, best pitcher, a 2-2-4 ERA in uh, 64 innings pitch, got hurt, uh, and that was kind of a, a downfall for the Cowboys. Jawan Watts-Brown, ERA fell all the way down to a 5.03, uh, but Watts-Brown struck out 124 batters. So a high strikeout guy, but could just get been, uh, banged up. And then Ben Abram, uh, 6-2-1 ERA for the Cowboys with 76 strikeouts. So uh, the injury to Stebbins really kind of hurt the Cowboys' chance pitching-wise, uh, and they just could not lean on the rest of the staff. And the bullpen... Uh, which struggled uh, as well. Anyone seeing a significant amount of innings, uh, you're looking at guys over 30 innings. Um, Nolan McLean was the only one with a below 3 ERA that had 30 or more innings pitched. So 4-3-4 uh, for Braden Root in 37 and a third. Evan O'Toole, a uh, 4-9-9 in 39 and two-thirds innings. So just kind of uh, guys that... Uh, 
just couldn't uh, keep games together. The offense was always relied upon to score, and, and that eventually became the downfall of the Cowboys. Uh, unfortunate, you'd like to get out of your own regional and try to get a chance at the Super Regional, especially when Vanderbilt got upset uh, and gave you a better opportunity in the Super Regional, but uh, ran into two good teams. It was a very tough regional for Oklahoma State. I knew that heading in. DBU and ORU had played them very well in uh, in their regular season matchups. They had split the regular season matchup with DBU, uh, but DBU had shut them out. One of only two teams do that this year, and then uh, ORU had won the other two matchups. So Oklahoma State, State baseball, softball, uh, they are – done and now we're in kind of the lull of summer so we'll be talking a, a little bit of football we'll talk some other things uh, as well we do have some um, basketball news as the Cowboys landed a nice transfer uh, the seven foot big man 200 pounds uh, NC State transfer Isaiah Miranda who used to be a, a four star recruit uh, is headed to Oklahoma State so that's a nice get for Mike Boyton and the Cowboys um that puts them at number nine. They're at the number nine spot in the country in the 23 signing class. So uh, not a bad spot spot to be. Uh, Miranda, seven foot four wingspan, uh, as well as a nine foot four uh, standing reach. So incredible length for Oklahoma State, uh, who who had a, a rocky season in basketball. You know, to be honest, it's been a rocky year for the Cowboys when you look at football to basketball and uh, kind of expectations that weren't met, softball, baseball, uh, and the way seasons ended. It was kind of a rough year, so hopefully we get a refresh in the summer. Uh, we get a, a brand new look to the Big 12 and potentially more uh, teams coming in. You're looking at Gonzaga, UConn, uh, Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado. A lot of teams rumored to the Big 12. So things are going to continue to get sh- uh, shaken up and going to continue to change, and we'll be paying attention to that all summer. We're going to talk some fun stuff over the course of the summer as well. Uh, I'm going to talk maybe some of my favorite Oklahoma State players of all time, uh, best Oklahoma State players of all time, who's on my Oklahoma State Mount Rushmore. We'll do a full schedule breakdown as well for the upcoming football season. Check in um, with, with how things are going as we get closer and closer to September and to the start of college football season. So so the summer months are going to look a little different than the winter and the fall. We're not going to have all the game recaps to talk about, all the uh, late-breaking news because of everything that's happening during the season to talk about, but we're going to still have a lot of Oklahoma State-centered stuff to talk about. We don't stop. We don't stop here at Heartland College Sports. We don't stop here at the Pokes Podcast just because the seasons have ended and we're waiting for football season to start. It does not stop here with us, so uh, you'll have us all summer long talking everything Oklahoma State. I'm Matt Jordan. Thanks for listening to the Pokes Podcast, part of Heartland College Sports Podcast Network.